Hello, this is Audrey Mack. The Word of God says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So I pray that this message be a blessing to you. Go deep into your heart to work divine transformation, both in you and through you. So get ready, open your heart, and be blessed. Well, thank you so much for giving me that opportunity to minister today. I love the word and I'm excited about what God is, you know, about this church and what God is wanting to do. Hallelujah. I see a lot of new faces, people I don't see, I don't know. So welcome. My name is Audrey Mack. Fred and I have a ministry called Go Tell Ministries and we travel mostly overseas in the third world countries in most part and uh, we're getting ready to go to Albania. But this morning, God just put a message in my heart. Actually, I was driving one day and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, I want you to write this message. And so, and the title of it, I'll tell you later. <laughs> and so I, I went ahead and started to prepare this message and that message has been in my heart for quite a while and, and I didn't know I was going to be preaching it today. So I'm excited. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's open uh, with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We love your word, Holy Spirit. We appreciate you and we thank you for helping us this morning, for helping me to minister, to preach and teach, and for helping every person here today just to receive the word and understand the word that they may do it and be blessed in all of they, they doing. Father, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come this morning and to minister to our hearts. And Lord, I just pray a special blessing upon every person here this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of my favorite subjects to talk about, actually, is faith. I come from the line of Brother Hagin. I am uh, uh, one of the, you know, I, I went to Rama and received a whole lot from a brother Hagen, and I, I see him as a spiritual father. And his, the, the influence, I have been in the ministry before I went to Rama. I used to be a, a missionary, lived in India, in Albania, and, um, did not understand why God called me back to go to school. And I went back to Rama, but the things I got there about faith and the spirit of faith and the spirit of victory, was awesome and I would never do it another way and I was able to sit down in the classes and receive things with the perspective of ministry because I had been there and I knew what I needed to get amen so this morning I would like to to talk about faith we know in the bible the the, the word we all know the scriptures the bible said that without faith it's impossible to please God You know, not that God is, you know, um, looking and keeping a tab, okay, you know, she's walking in faith. Or she, no, but because when we walk in faith, we're getting blessed. We are getting blessed. And when we are getting blessed, the Father is pleased. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And now the scripture says that this is the victory that overcomes the world or overcomes our problems or overcomes our circumstances, even are of faith. Another scripture says, the righteous or the judge shall walk by faith. 
and so on and so on. We know so many scriptures. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now we know how important it is to walk by faith. How faith is vital to us as a Christian. We got saved by faith. Amen. Every one of us, we have faith or we wouldn't get saved. You know, and the Bible says that we all have a measure of faith and we all have the spirit of faith and therefore we speak. So this morning, knowing how important faith is, I want to get a little bit in, in, in the subject of faith. Now, I want you to understand it is not going to be an all-inclusive, you know, message. I'm not going to, it, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't have time enough in, in 30 minutes or 45 minutes to cover everything about faith. But today I want to target on one specific uh, part of faith. Amen. So I want you to keep that in mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, if your car, one thing that the Apostle Paul, let me back up a little. One thing that the Apostle Paul commands us to do in the book of Second Corinthians is said that we are to examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. We have, you know, when you are standing, believing God for something, whether it is your healing or whether it is for finances or whatever, whatever area of life it might be, Paul says you should examine yourself whether you are in faith. You know, many times we might be believing God for something and we don't see you know, the manifestation or the result of what we are believing God for. So you know what we need to do? We need to stop and examine ourselves to see if we are in faith. Now, for example, what if you have a, 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 a car and you try to start it in the morning and it doesn't start? Now, what are you going to do? You're going to go down a checklist thing. Okay, do I have gas in my car? How is the battery? No, you know you have gas. Now, how is my battery? No, the battery is fine. Oh, maybe it's a starter. You know, you're going to go. No, you're gonna not going to start right off and saying, oh, it's a carburetor. No, you're going to go top to see, okay, is there gas? And then you're going to go down the list to see whether or not what's wrong with your car. Now, you know, that's what we need to do with our faith. When, when we see our faith, when it doesn't look like it's working, we need to stop and say, okay, let me go down a checklist and see where maybe something is not, where it's not working. Now, we have a good, uh, um, Jesus is giving us in Mark 11, 23, 24, pretty much a checklist of what faith is supposed to do and how your faith is going to work. Let's turn to Mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 24. Glory to God. Verse 22, it says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Right here, Jesus is giving us pretty much, pretty much a checklist on faith. And the number one thing, if your faith is not working, we need to find out 
Am I, what am I believing? Am I believing? Now we know that our belief should be based on the word. The Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith should not be based on somebody else's experience or our own experience. Our faith should not be based on what the doctor might tell us or on the way things look around us. But our faith, our belief, our conviction should be based only on the word of God. So that's our number one little check thing. What am I believing? Am I believing what I see? What I hear somebody, somebody's testimony or somebody's experience? You know? Or am I believing or is my faith based on the word of God? Okay. Checklist. Number two, Jesus says, if you believe... You will have what you say. Number two checklist is, what are we saying? You know, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, I have believed, therefore I speak. You know, if you believe, if you have a conviction, for example, let's say about healing, you know what? Your faith should be speaking. Now, The key is a lot of people are doing speaking, but they're speaking the wrong things. They might be speaking their symptoms. They might be speaking what the doctor says. They might be speaking what somebody else is is telling them. But the Bible tells us we should be speaking. Our confession should be the word of God. We should be speaking exactly the same thing that God speaks. What God speaks is what should come out of our mouth. What it is, the word of God. You know, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. So number two, little checklist, what is coming out of my mouth? You know, because what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. So number one, what's in my heart? What am I believing? Am I believing the word of God? Check. List number one. Number two, what am I speaking? What am I saying? Am I saying what I feel, see, or hear? Or am I saying the word of God? You know, most of the people, I would say, we all have faith. We all, you know, I would probably say that everybody in this room, we don't have a struggle about believing God. We know, you know, it's the will of God for me to be healed. Or it's the will of God for me to be prosperous. You know, most of us don't have a problem with that. Now, then the list gets a little, you know, a little shorter. Some of us, you know, we know we're supposed to talk the right thing. You know, so we, we try to watch our mouth and that's good. But where I found out traveling all around where most people have problem when it comes to walking by faith, it's checklist It's less to check number three. Jesus tells us, if you believe, you're going to say, but if you believe, you will receive. Look what it says here. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. This is where most people miss it. This is where, you know, the little checklist goes, bom, bom, red light. It's in our receiving part. And so this morning, this is what I want to talk about. About faith 
receives. So what does it mean to receive? How do we know if we've received? And so I want to talk to you about this, about this this morning. Glory to God. Faith is a receiver. Faith must receive. And you notice here it says, I say to you, whatever things you ask, what stance? What tense is this? Present tense. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive. Is this future? Is this past tense? Present tense. Believe that you receive now and you will have them future. Jesus is telling us here that when we are believing God for something, we must believe that we receive it now and we will see it come to pass. You, you see, most of the people, you know, like Thomas, we want to believe that we see it now and then we know we've received it. You know, oh, if I feel healed, then therefore it means I am healed. Oh, if I have money, a check in my hand, then that means I am prosperous. Oh, if I see everything, then I know. But Jesus says, you must believe that you receive now. You must believe that it belongs to you now. You must believe that it is yours now. And you will see it. You see, most people do that in reverse. They won't believe, they want to believe that they have it now and they'll receive it. But that's not faith. Faith, you know, he says, do not walk by sight, but by faith. Faith is believing that something belongs to you, whether you can see it, feel it, or have it in your possession. Amen? Now... The reason why we can believe that we receive it now is because the word of God tells us so. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says that Jesus has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Jesus has blessed us. That's past tense. You see, I can believe it belongs to me because Jesus has already blessed me with it. But now you said, oh, Sister Audrey, that means, you know, G Jesus has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. That means, you know, peace, joy, love. Yes, he has. But now let me show you that other scripture. In 2 Peter 1, 3, he says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Did you hear this one? How Jesus has given to us all, as His divine power has given has given. What is that? Is that future tense? Is He going to give us someday? Jesus has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. As far as God is concerned, he's already done it. He's already, as far as Jesus is concerned, when he went to the right hand of the Father and sat down, he's done it. When you sit down, it means 
You've done your job. You're resting. You've done everything you've ever going to do. And Jesus has done it. Like pastor was sharing with us, when he rose from the dead, he took us with him. With all the, the inheritance, all the authority, and all the blessings that belongs to us. So we can believe we receive, not because we can see it, feel it, but because the word of God says that it is God's pleasure. He has blessed us, already blessed us. It belongs to us. I don't have to beg for it. I don't have to cry for it. I don't have to pray over and over and over and over again. I just have to receive it. Jesus says, whatever things you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. What does it mean to receive? How do we know we have received? If truly, if truly I have received what God has for me, my words and my actions are going to show it. My, what I say and what I do is going to show And be a testimony that I have received. I am in faith. Amen. I'm not going to try. All of a sudden, I'm not going to try to get it. You know, pastor, you know, if you have missed Wednesday night when pastor shared and taught a message on, you know, holding fast and entering the rest, you have missed half of your life. Those Wednesday night meetings, I'm telling you, if you like meat, you get a T-bone steak or a ribeye. And so pastor was sharing about, you know, when you are in faith, you are in rest. There is a peace. There is a rest in you. You're not trying to work something out. You're not trying to convince God that, oh, you need to get healed. You're not trying to make something happen. But you just have a, it's been done. God's done it. I have peace inside. I have a rest inside that it has already been done. You know, I am not trying to make something happen. You know, the Bible says that, you know, those who have believed have entered the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. When I am in faith and when I believe I have received, I'm going to start talking like it's mine. I'm going to start talking like I've already got it. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. And you know, you might be limping around, you know, and you said, I'm healed. You know, I remember, let me share a quick testimony. I believe it was in, in an evangelistic crusade. And that man came and he had the hands laid on him and he was crippled. He could not walk. And so they laid hands on him. And then the next day, you know, he came with his crutches limping around and you know people ask him you know how you doing brother so and so he said oh hallelujah I am healed I got healed yesterday and so they said oh yeah great you know the next day the same thing how you doing brother he said hallelujah I am healed you know and here he was limping around with his crutches and that went on for a whole week to the point where people you know even the evangelist was a little bit distressed and somebody said you know we might need to talk to brother so and so because here he's saying i am healed i am healed and he's going around leaping around 
you know, but something happened on the seventh day of the crusade. He came up to the top of the platform without any crutches on. Hallelujah. Because his faith, his belief, he was talking like he was already healed. Amen. Glory to God. So our words and our action are going to show something. I'm going to show that we have received. Amen. In James, in the book of James. And this is where I'm trying to go to this morning. In the book of James, James chapter 2. Verse 17. The apostle James says. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham a father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect or was made complete or was made mature? Hallelujah. James here is telling us that your faith must be working with works. Works must accompany your faith. Now, the, the, it seems like a paradox because you say, Audrey, you just told us that when you're in faith, you enter the rest. But here is a difference. When you know you are healed, you're not going to try to, you know, get healed over and over again. Or if you know you have an answer to your prayer, you're not going to try to pray for it over and over. This is where rest is. You know it's already been done. But if you truly believe that you have received, then you're going to act like it. You're going to talk like, like it. And these are the works that James is talking about. If you truly believe, then you're going to show it. Your actions, your words are going to tell me you are in faith that you have received. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, James says faith with that works or with that corresponding actions is dead, is ineffective, is unoperative, is fruitless. Your faith with that the corresponding action will not do anything, will remain lifeless, will remain ineffective. Amen? Do you remember in Acts 14, in verse 8 through 10, Paul was preaching. The Bible says he was speaking, preaching the word. And then he saw a man. And the Bible says that he saw that he had faith to be healed. Now, Paul was preaching the word that men heard, and the Bible says that he heard, and he could see on that man that he had faith to be healed. Now, you know what? That man was still sitting down crippled, but he had faith, but he was still crippled. 
You know how many of us, we have so much faith inside, but we can be like that crippled man. We have faith to be healed, but we are still sitting down crippled. Why? Because Paul looked at the man and says, nah, rise up and walk. What was he doing? He was uh, encouraging the man, challenging the man to do something with his faith, to, to release his faith and do something about it. And only, only then when that man got up and started to do something, he heard, he believed, and he started to act on his faith. Only then something happened. Now, what would have happened, what would have had happened if the man was sitting down and, G, and, G, and Paul said, no, you have faith to be healed. Get up and walk. And the man says, but I have never walked before. I can't walk. What are you telling me to walk? But can't you see I'm crippled? I can't walk. What would have happened? The man would still have stayed sitting down crippled. In order for his faith, he had faith to be healed, didn't he? He had faith inside to be healed. But only when he started to act on his faith and do something about it was his faith manifested. And the power of God met him right there. Amen. Now, let me give you some examples. What does it mean to, what does it mean to act on your faith? You know, the message that God gave me says faith is an act. Faith is an act. I remember we had just got married. Fred and I had been married not even a year. And we were getting ready to go on a mission trip to Guatemala. We were getting ready to go and lead a mission team in doing a, um, a mission in Guatemala. A few days, in a, in a few days. And that night, I'm coming back home with extreme pain on my right side. Starting to feel like I wanted to throw up. I started to have high temperature in the 103. And I knew something in me. I knew I had something like a burst appendicitis or something like this. But I knew in my heart, if I go to head surgery, I'm never going to make it on that mission trip. Something in me says, I've got to go on that mission trip. And so I was in bed that night and breaking into sweats and freezing, breaking into sweats and freezing and pain. And I remember laying in bed and, and, you know, praying and speaking the word and, and, you know, doing everything I knew to do. And, um, God, the Holy Ghost started to speak to me and I'm looking around and Fred is next to me. And I'm going to tell you on myself a little. Fred is laying down next to me. Sleeping. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I can't believe that. Here I was single and I had to go through that alone. And now I'm married, I still have to go through that alone. And I'm starting to feel like, you know what I mean. Like pastor said, don't look at me so innocent out there. And I'm, I'm praying, I'm, and I'm speaking the word, and I'm doing everything I know to do. And the still, small voice, the Holy Ghost speaks to me and says, what does James 5.13 says? Well, God, it says, if anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. 
And he says, so what is a prayer of faith? Oh, Father, the, the prayer of faith, if, you know, if therefore when I pray, I believe that I receive and I will have it. And he said, but what does verse 25 says? And if you stand praying, if you had art against anyone, forgive that your Father in heaven may forgive. And I said, oh, Father, I'm so sorry. I turned like a, to, to Fred. I looked at him and I said, honey, I love you. I forgive you. You know, when you are in pain, you forgive really quick, don't you? <laughs> and so, to make a long story short, the next, you know, the next morning, you know, I prayed the prayer of faith. I was standing in faith. And the next morning I'm waking up, you know, I wake up and it was Sunday, church day. And I'm, you know, I'm in pain. I still have, you know, high fevers. And, and Fred says, well, honey, you're not feeling too good. Just, I'll just go to church and I'll just, you know, you just stay in bed and rest. You know, you haven't slept all night. And so part of me is like, oh yeah, I'm just going to stay in bed. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he says, what did you pray last night? I say, well, I pray that I believe I receive. He says, then, if you believe you receive, you healed. I said, yes, sir. He says, oh, if you healed, what would you usually do? I say, well, God, I would get up and go to church. He says, so? So I say, okay. So I got up, got in the shower, got dressed, went to church. And I'm going to church and I'm sitting on the pew and I'm... And then the Lord says, well, you believe you received, you healed. What would you do if you usually, if you were, you know, totally healed? Well, Lord, I'd be standing up and I'd be praising you. He says, so? So I said, okay, God. So I got up and I started to praise God, you know, and worship him. Then I'm still feeling bad, pain, fever, cold sweats, heat. And so... We get out of church still the same way, still, still feeling the same way. And we're driving, you know. And Fred says, well, do you want to stop to get something to eat? And I'm feeling, oh, are you kidding me? Eating something right now? And the Holy Ghost says, you believe you received. What would you usually do if you were healed? I say, well, I would stop and eat something. So we stopped, you know, we, at the restaurant. And I have the menu in front of me. And the, the lines are going like this. And I have like, okay, great. And I feel like, oh, I don't want to eat anything. The Holy Ghost says, if you were healed, what would you do? I say, well, Lord, I would eat something. So I ordered a big salad, put it in front of me, and I started to eat. Just imagine. I get out of the restaurant, you know, I'm eating and I'm still feeling like. I get out of the restaurant and all of a sudden, I look at Fred. I said, Fred? It's all gone. I'm totally healed. The sweat is gone. The fever is gone. The pain is gone. I'm totally healed. The point I'm trying to make is I had to believe I was healed. I had received and therefore I had to act like I was totally healed. Even though my body was saying, no way, Jose. You know, another example. One time. Fred and I, we are certified scuba divers. We like to go under the seas and see the fish. Scuba diving. And so that one that we had decided we were going to go on a small weekend to Fort Lauderdale to scuba dive. We were excited about it. And um, all of a sudden, I have 
that afternoon I'm lifting up something and I have that pain in my back and I'm totally locked. I can't even move. I'm in bed and I have to have Fred lift me out of bed. I have pain from here to there. Can't move. Can't do anything. And so, you know what I started to do? I started to get my little faith Bible study and I started to read the word on faith, on believing you've received. And so Fred says, well, honey, what are we going to do? You want to cancel? I said, are you kidding me? I am going on that trip. I believe I have received. I believe I'm healed. So I'm packing the suitcase, you know. <laughs> we're putting all the gear in the trunk. We're driving down. That night we're in a hotel and I'm like, Fred is trying to pull me, you know. And I'm walking like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go scuba diving. I believe I have received. And I'm like this. And then the next day, get up, I'm going, mom, you know, we go to the, to the place where you, you go, you know, to on the boat and I'm walking and I'm walking on the boat and the guy looking at me like, and, uh, and then I'm sitting down and all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever seen scuba divers, you have to put a whole gear on. A weight, 20 pounds weight belt around you. So you sink to the bottom, a huge, thing you put on top where you can inflate so you can get back to the top. Huge tanks on the, on the back, two huge tanks. And here I am putting, and my back is killing me. And I'm like, I believe I have received. Now in the natural, it looked like that girl is nut. But I was detested. I believe I have received and I'm not going to let the devil rob me of my weekend. So I'm going there putting the belt, putting the thing, the, the BC, putting the tank in the back. And I am not kidding you. When I started to put the tanks in the back, the pain was gone. My back was fine. And I just went poof in the water and enjoyed my weekend. What am I saying? That faith without the corresponding action is dead. Amen. Now, Glory to God. I want to read you. I, I could not say it better than Brother Hagen. I want to read you a little excerpt from his book. If you do not, I borrowed it from your table. I forgot mine. If you do not have this, I am not kidding you. That book has helped me more than anything. Uh, it's a Bible faith study course. Hallelujah. So I'm going to try. Just listen to this. Brother Hagin, for those of you, does everybody know Brother Hagin? Of those of you who do not know him, as a young boy, he had three terminal uh, diseases and he was destined to, to die. But he got a hold of the word on Mark 11, 23, 24 and was raised from the bed of sickness and death. And now this is what he says. I remember when I came off the bed of sickness and I went back to high school, I was just as tall as I am now and only weighted 89 pounds. They called me a walking skeleton. One day, the principal of my school called me into his office and said, do you think you should be coming to school? All the women teachers are just scared to death that you're going to fall down dead in the classroom. They have called your doctor and he has told them, yep, yeah, that's right. That, that's what he'll do. And the doctor, he might, and that is just frightening them to death. In fact, I called the doctor myself and the doctor said, you didn't have any business walking two miles to school and climbing steps. He said, you were just 
up by willpower and that he will give you 90 days at the most to live. So, do you suppose you ought to be coming to school? I continued, Mr. Smart, I believe that I have received healing for my heart and my body and I'm not walking by willpower, I am walking by faith. And do you know that man began to weep and he said, son, if that's just what you're doing, I wouldn't stand in your way one minute. I don't understand it myself, but if you want to come to school, you just come on. I'll just talk to the teachers and they'll have to do the best they can. I said, I believe I have received my healing. I believe I have what I prayed for. Hallelujah. I said, um, he didn't realize it, but immediately he played right into the hands of the enemy himself. He did some, he did put some stones in my way. He said, I'm going to talk to all your teachers and anytime you want to, you can go out of class for a breath of fresh air and for a, a drink of water. Or you can just get up and go home if you want to. I'll give you permission ahead of time. You just don't ask anyone anything. Just do what you feel like doing. Oh, he made it so easy for me to fail. But you know, if I had listened to this, if I had missed one class, if I had failed to climb those steps to the schoolhouse just one time, I would have been admitting failure and been acting in doubt and my faith would not have held out. So I did not miss one class. And I tell you, as weak as I was by the time those afternoon classes came around, it would have been easy for me to miss class. But I never missed one. What is he saying? He said, when we are believing God for something, we need to push ourselves to act on the word, no matter how we feel. Your body might be screaming. Your, you know, um... Your bills might be screaming at you. You know, whatever it is, you still must talking your faith out. You still have to act it out and push yourself. Now, I remember when I was a student at Raymond. And like every student going there, I had zero money and I had bills that I had to pay. And as a, um, a student, I had no income. And I had to believe God for all my bills to be paid. But I remember having all my bills stacked on the table. And here I am. You know, they were due by 3 o'clock that day. And it was 12.30 noon. And I'm walking around my bills, speaking to them. I'm doing my little march of Jericho. And I say, bills, you are paid in Jesus' name. I believe I have received all of my needs are met by his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I started to speak the word. And But you know what I had to do? I had to go out and I had to act like I had a million dollars in my pocket. Nobody knew that I had a need. Only God. You see, I didn't go around and say, oh, I'm believing God. You know, I've got my bills. I need to be paid. You know, trying to hint to somebody, I've got such and so, so much. I need to, I'm believing. Would you agree with me, brother? I need no, no. I prayed, I asked God about it, I believed I received, and then I acted it out. I remember going to, I'd, I'd, I'd be in the habit of going to prayer school. I went to prayer school that day and acted like I had a million dollars. Not a care in the world. 
But those bills were due by three o'clock. I went to the school and I got out of the school with more money in my pockets to pay all the bills plus have a, um, uh, an offering for a missionary. Hallelujah. God did it. God did it because you know what would have happened if I had gone, you know, and let everybody know and act like, see my shoes, they've got a big hole. You know what I mean. And letting everybody, you know, you might not say it, but everybody around you know it. Oh, poor me. But no, we have, if we believe we have received it, whatever it is, we act it out because faith is an act. Now, I remember when uh, two years ago I was diagnosed with bone cancer and when, and I had, um, a huge tumor on my hip. And that, that day, I, the same principle, I believe I had received my healing. And I entered the rest, like Pastor taught us, you know, and I just went and did everything I needed to do, like every day. I went and I even moved a whole 4,000 square feet home. I moved all, packed all the furniture, packed everything, and carried the boxes myself. I said, I refuse, so I went and acted it out. But you know, the interesting thing is that my healing took eight months from the time I was diagnosed to the time I actually had a clean report from the doctor. It took eight months and every day I had to act it out. Every day I had to speak it out by the stripes of Jesus. I have been healed and someday I felt like it and someday I didn't feel like it. Now, let me give you a little, you know, I'm going to share with you a little something. Our pastor, you know, with the thing he's been going on with his foot, many of you don't even know, but there were Sundays where he probably didn't feel like getting out of bed and come behind his pulpit. One Sunday, he even called me and says, Audrey, I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, could you cover for me just in case? And I said, no problem. But you know what? That morning he walked right here and he preached behind his pulpit one of the best messages he ever had. You know what he was doing? He was acting his faith out. He didn't let the devil tell him, you better stay in bed. He said, no, I believe. You know why? Because he believed he received. And every Sunday morning, every morning, he's made himself get out of bed and walk and do what God has called him to do. Amen. I remember, how many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He is a, what we call the great apostle of faith. Now, what I'm, I'm trying to, to say here that sometime from the time we pray and we believe we received to the time where we will have it and we see the manifestation, there might be a time. How long? I don't know. For me, it was eight months. But you know, Smith Wigglesworth, who was called the great apostle of faith. Very few people, only if you've read his books, you know, you will know that. But at the time, that man who was such a great man of faith, for one year, even, I think it's more than that, he struggled with kidney stone. He was bleeding profusely, and all he could do was go in bed, get out of bed, and go and preach. And when he went out and nobody knew, nobody could tell the struggle he was going through. 13 years 
Hello. For 13 years, that man just got up, went to preach, get back, and fought the good fight. Now, why is that? You said, how come I believe I receive? How come I don't see it right then? Now, Fred, come here. The Bible says that we have to fight the good fight of faith. And what we are, I'm no match. Amen, brother. <laughs> the Bible says we have to fight the good fight of faith. And if we have to fight a faith, to fight a fight, it means we have an enemy. There is not a fight without an opponent. And the Bible says that we have to fight the good fight of faith. It is a good fight because Jesus already won it. You know, but it is what we call a tug of war. We go like this and the devil, man, is... He's going to put pressure and pressure. He's going to pull and pull. But you know what I have to do? I have to keep my position of faith. I believe I have received. I believe I have received. And I keep on going. And you know what? The devil loves to push you to the limit to see how much do you believe? How long are you willing to stand? And oftentimes the devil will try to Push us and push us, but we have to keep that position. I believe I have received. And you know the good news is, if we stand still and we stay in that position and we keep on speaking it out and we keep on acting our faith out, no matter how long it is, we win. You cannot lose. It is a good fight because Jesus has won. And sooner or later, later one of them is going to have to give in. But if you keep your position, it's not going to be you. The devil sooner or later is going to say, this is it. I'm gone. He's not budging. He's not moving. Amen? Amen. And let me tell you something. This church, our pastor, I believe with all my heart, has a call to healing, a call to heal the sick. And the reason why the devil is coming so hard is because he's trying to come and steal what God is wanting to do in this place. And so the devil here is putting pressure. But thanks be to God, we're not, we're going to stand. Our pastor is standing. Glory to God. Just like Smith Wigglesworth, he kept on standing. He did what God called him to do, but one day, suddenly... Suddenly, the manifestation came. And so, this morning, I'm excited about this church. You know, I'm going to tell that word. When I was praying last few days, this is the word that I heard in my spirit. To push, to push, to put pressure and push. Just like a baby that is wanting to get out of the womb and he has to push in order for the matrix to break open for him to go and this morning we were in prayer back there and Miss Cherie had a word and she said there is a breaking forth in the spirit there is a breaking forth in the spirit I am telling you my friends if we hook up in this church with our pastor and we keep our stand and we wait and we keep on putting pressure against the devil and we keep on praying what is it that you said to push is to pray 
Brother Paul, what you told me this morning? Oh, no, it was Brother F Fred. Why are you, Brother Fred? To push. Pray until something happens. We have to push in the spirit to pray until something happens. To believe we've received. Hallelujah. Because I promise you, promise you something is getting ready to happen in this church. Just like the disciples were... I don't know how many of them were in the upper room for 50 days. Cooked up in a small upper room for 50 days. Many of us would have said, after the third day, would have said, this is it. Nothing has happened. I'm going home. You know, but they stayed and stayed for 50 days in that upper room until they saw something. And in this church, I'm telling you, we are keeping our stand and we're going to push and keep speaking our faith. For more information on GoTel Ministry, our teaching, our itinerary, and to discover the many testimonies of those who have been touched and healed by the power of God, you may visit our website at www.gotelministry.org. And remember, that Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance.